0: Sure. Okay, cool. We're running out of time, like, very quickly. We're not going to make it in an hour. We're trying, though. Cool. Um, amazing. Some hugging going on there. It's great. When When is the non-sign-in going to happen? I thought it was this week for the... I don't know. Kim's got COVID. We should have prayed for Kim as well, actually. Uh, awkward. Okay. Cool. So just want to start with this tonight, because uh, I feel like God wants to create a, mo- a moment with us this evening. I think he's already started, even just through praying for the sick and, and asking for courage. A few weeks ago, I don't know if you remember, um, I preached on, on Noah, and uh, we looked at, like when he struck the rock, the, the second, what did I say? Oh, sorry, you can see I've been jumping around, which one I'm going to pray? Oh, yeah, 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 sorry, sorry, mess around. So Moses, <laughs> super awkward. Um, and so we spoke about Moses when he struck the rock two times. And it almost, it almost like um, we started there. It almost looks like it was so harsh that God said, because you did this, you're not going to enter the promised land. You're not going to step into what I've promised you. And it was almost like, um, was it 40, 80, 120 years later, he's, he's leading the people. They're grumbling. They've been through a lot. And God says, enough is enough. And he stops them. And we spoke about um, stopping the defaults in our lives. And that thing wasn't an isolated event. It happened when he killed the uh, Egyptian. It happened when he was trying to lead the people by himself. There were moments through his life that those cracks were there. No one really spoke into them. And it actually disqualified him. And so I want to jump back a little bit in the story. And he's, he's in Midian, Moses. He's just run away. He's become a shepherd. He spent 40 years sheeping and shepherding. And looking, I don't know, I was just trying to make a new word up. And um, it's crazy. He was, he's, he's just run away from Egypt and he's spent time, he's got married, he's had a family. And there's this moment in Exodus 3, verses 1 to 10, that I want to just highlight to us quickly. Um, it says this in verses 1. Now Moses was tending the flocks of Jethro, his father-in-law. It wasn't even his own sheep, it was his father's sheep, uh, the priest of Midian. And he led the flock to the far side of the wilderness that came to Hebron. The mountain of God. And the angel of the Lord appeared to him in flames of fire within a bush. Moses saw that he thought the bush was on fire, but did not burn up. And Moses thought, I will go over there to see the strange sight. Why does the bush not burn up? And so it's a funny thing. Like God's kind of drawing his attention. He's just going through his everyday life. He's been a shepherd. He was probably a very good shepherd. I would imagine he's looking after his father-in-law's thing, he's doing his daily routine, he's, you know. And all of a sudden, God goes, hey Moses, I'm over here. It's this wonderful, wonderful thing. Verse 4. When the Lord saw that he had gone over to look, God called to him within the bush, Moses, Moses, and he said, here I am. And then God says in verse 5, Do not come any closer, God said. Take off your sandals, for this place where you are standing is holy ground. Then he said, I am the God of your father, and the God of Abraham, and the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. At this, Moses hid his face, because he was afraid to look at God. So there's this crazy thing happening. Like he meets the living God in this burning bush. And then he realizes it's the living God. And he's like, ah, I can't look, because you're the living God. It's like this, this really, really amazing moment. Um, so he says take off your sandals and he does in verse 7 the Lord said I have indeed seen the misery of my people in Egypt and I've heard them crying out because of their slave slave drivers and I'm, I'm concerned about their suffering so I've come down to rescue them from the hand of the Egyptians and to bring them out of the land into a good spacious land the land flowing with milk and honey the home of the Canaanites Hittites Ammonites Pazirah or Perizzites, Hivites, Jebusites, all the sites. And now the pile of Israel has reached me, and I've seen the way the Egyptians are opposing them. So now I go and I'm sending you to Pharaoh to bring my people, the Israelites, out of Egypt. It's this crazy encounter with the Lord. And I want to kind of just pause on verses 4 and 5. And there's something that I think the Lord wants to show us in our day and age through this moment. I do believe that God is living and active. I do believe he's desiring to be a part of our lives every day. I do believe he's revealing himself through the word, through prayer, through people, through circumstances, through... I do. And so often we don't understand it's God when he's speaking. And there's this moment where Moses realizes God is getting my attention. And he approaches, and as he comes there, God says, take your sandals off for this, this is holy ground. And I want to look at what holiness means to us today because if we understand what holiness means, it'll help us actually step into what God is wanting to do in our lives. We won't be pushing Him away. We'll be drawing Him in, if that makes any sense. And so, what is holy? Um, What is holiness? I think it's defined like this. It's holiness of God refers to the absolute moral purity of who God is. So when we say When when you're saying, Moses, this is holy ground, you're saying, I'm absolutely pure, righteous, just, all-powerful, all-knowing, the awesome, creator, magnificent, glorious, I am. In everything I am, I'm totally, complete, whole, and you're coming into my presence. And because you're coming into my presence... You've got to take your sandals off. You've got to humble yourself. You've got to change your demeanor. You've got to change the way you think. You're saying, here I am. I am the creator God in all my glory coming into your presence. That's holiness. On the other side, it's the absolute moral distance between God and human, and the human nation, human beings. And so on one hand, you have this God who is absolutely pure and Spotless and awesome and magnificent and we run out of words. At the same time, there's this this rift between that and who we are as people in our fallen nature. That's holiness. And so Moses comes and God says, stop. You can't come to my presence as you are. Something has to shift because there's this rift between me and you you understand what I'm saying? And so the holiness of God is either really, really amazing or very, very dangerous. It's really good or it's really dangerous. And it's really good for those who are righteous. For those that have been changed by Christ. For those who have been saved by the power of the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. It's very, very dangerous to try coming to the presence of the Holy God if you aren't righteous. Or if you haven't been made clean. You guys are with me. I'm sorry. Maybe too much too soon. I don't know. And so I believe that God is calling us to be holy. I believe he wants to impact our lives. I believe he wants to shift us and change us. And make us more like his son daily. But it's the impurity in us that so often stops us from what God wants to do in us. And not only in us, in the world around us. And so... I mean, there's purity and impurity. Um, and, and we see this in the book of Leviticus. If you want to go read it, it's quite an interesting book. Um, there, there's something about, if, even if you touch something impure, it makes you impure. And so Moses writes a whole book of Leviticus going, hey, listen, don't touch that mold. <laughs> and if you have blood, ladies, you can't be in the camp. And don't touch a dead body. And you can't do this and you can't do that. And, and people read and go, yes, God's full of like, rules and regulations and stuff. No, no, he's, he's trying to show something of his holiness. He's trying to show something of his character to mankind. He's all awesome and we are not. And he's going, I want to bridge that gap between you. And so if you touch this or eat that or do this or dress like this or if you don't have a beard or whatever, you not pure. <laughs> you can't come into my presence. It's crazy because if you touch a dead body and back in the day, you, be, you became impure. It's crazy. And so if you think about it like... Um, uh, let's bring 1 Corinthians 15:33. Says this: Don't be misled. Bad company corrupts good character. It's a great New Testament thing. I hear this all the time with the young guys. No, I'm just going to hang with those. I know they're not the best friends, but I'm going to win them to the Lord. You might win them to the Lord, but they might pull you away from them as well. Because there's something about bad c- character that can corrupt. And so, just by being around bad characters, <laughs> you might be corrupting yourself. You're coming impure. Stopping what God wants to do in you. It's crazy. At the same side, on the other side of the coin, at the same time, by touching something pure, you can be made pure. And you see this this gap between God and man. All of a sudden, there's an ability for God to close that gap. And we see this with Moses. And so, the book of Isaiah, Isaiah 6, verses 6 and 7, is a beautiful picture of this. So, Isaiah um, comes into the presence of God. He sees... God's sitting on his throne. The reign of his temple, I mean, the, the robe of his temple is filling everything or the, filling the temple. There's seraphim, these angel-like things flying around, angels. And uh, he has this encounter with the Lord. And um, so crazy. And he, and, he, and he falls on his face, very similar to Moses. And he's like, I'm unworthy, I'm unholy. I can't have, I can't be in this presence, right? And then verse 6 says this. One of the seraphim flew to, uh, to me with, uh, with a live coal in his hand. And he had taken uh, the tongs up from the altar, by which he touched my mouth and said, See, this has touched your lips. Your guilt is taken away. Your sins are atoned for. It's a beautiful picture of the redemption of Christ. It's a beautiful picture of God going, hey, there's this big void between me and everyone else, but there's something about when something pure touches us, it's a wonderful picture of that. We can be made pure in an instant. Thank you. I tried, well, it's the Bible. It's not me. I'm just trying to show you what the Bible's saying. And so it's this holy moment. It's like, so, so you see Moses in the wilderness doing his everyday life. He's, He's just doing his shepherding thing and God goes, hey Moses, I want your attention. Hey Moses, stop. I want to change the game here actually. Hey Moses, this is not about you anymore. This is about me coming into your life. It's this beautiful story. And so you might be going, you might be asking the question, Britt, what is this small story that got to do with me today? And I'm glad you asked that question. It's a great question to ask. <laughs> and I'm glad you laughed as well because I didn't know if that joke would go down so well or not. Because in 1 Peter 1 verses 14 to 16, the, the word of God says this. As obedient children, do not conform to the evil desires you had when you lived in ignorance. But it says this. But just as he who called you is holy, so be holy in all you do. For it is written, be holy because I am holy. And so if you're asking yourself the question, what does Moses' story got to do with me? It's got everything to do with you. Because in one period, God is saying, hey, I'm holy. And I want to call you to be holy just as I am holy. I want you, in a sense, to have a moment like Moses, that your sandals come off, that you fall to the ground, that the void between me and you is dissipated. Not because of anything you could do, but it's everything of what God can do. Does it make sense? It's so, so it's so so cool. And so I really believe that God is wanting us to shift and change. I had a holy moment this morning. Abby challenged me on something. And it's so funny. Like, in, in our flesh, we don't often respond well. <laughs> oh. Thank goodness for wives. And I'm sure Abby's watching. So I love you, babes. And I've been so convicted today. Like, And I had to, like, like at one stage, I'm like, Am I feeling con- condemnation now, or am I feeling conviction? And I think it's conviction. And I, I'm trying to... And I think it's cl- it feels close. It feels like it could be either one, you know, but it's... And I got into, I got into so much trouble. And then, and then she pointed my blind spot out, and I, and I said, if, you, if you, you don't see a blind spot, and then I'm trying to do what I've told a lot of people, not to: just don't fight it, just go with it. And, and then I didn't, because I didn't take my own advice. And then it went pear-shaped. And then I got beaten. And you know, she was right. I was like, ah. And there was this holy moment that I think God was trying to restore something in me that's broken. And Abby was the burning bush and I just didn't see it. Well, I did see it. I just didn't want to see it because it was too, ah. And so I want to just be honest with you. I'm really trying to to live a holy life. But I'm, there's sometimes if we try it on our own, we're going to mess it up. And I think the trick is not to fall into condemnation. It's to fall into conviction. And I'm, feeling, I'm still feeling convicted. I was really wobbling before I came to you. I was like, oh God, I don't know if I should preach. But then all the elders are away. So there was like no one. It was like, ah! So i like, okay, maybe God, maybe somehow you're going to do something in, in through me, even though I don't feel like I should be preaching tonight. If that makes any sense. And it's such a simple thing, I'm trying to get my words better, like I'm trying to speak better, and I just, I, I can't, like, and Abby's like, hey, come on, you can, and I'm like, I don't know if I can, it's just a simple thing, but it, it becomes a big thing, because I know I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not representing Christ well in those moments where I'm not speaking well. And that holiness thing, that, that rift comes, you know. And we, we want to get a. I'm just, sorry, I'm just trying to use my own example. And so how does Moses respond to this amazing holy moment? Very similar to the way I responded. In flesh. <laughs> um, Exodus 3 verse 11. Who am I to do this? I mean, God's just spoken to him in a burning bush. <laughs> He's just falling on his face. You know, like going, I can't look at you, God. He's just had this moment of... God saying, I'm going to take Israel out of captivity. And you, the man, I've chosen to do this. This is like, woo And he goes, who am I? In the flesh. He just goes, I can't do this thing. And it's so often when, when these holy moments come where God's trying to connect with us. We go, oh, who am I? Well, I can't do it. Or the flesh rises up and we kick against it. Um, Exodus uh, 4 verses 1. He says, but what if they don't believe me? What if they don't want to listen to me? What if I go there and... And God actually warns him, hey, they're not going to listen to you. Fear is going to come against you. This is going to suck. But you're the man. I've chosen you. For whatever reason, I've chosen you. <laughs> That's so crazy. And so God is desperate to connect. But sin is so willing to push away and to creep in. And our hearts are... ha. It's the most deceitful thing the Bible says of everything of a man. It's just the heart is that thing that pushes the holy moments away from the Lord. And so what I'm asking us to consider tonight is this, that I do believe God wants to bring every single one of us into his presence daily, actually. He wants us to experience the fullness of him. He wants us to be those lights that shine to a dark world. He wants Brett to speak nicely to people so that they love Jesus more. <laughs> and I'm hoping the Holy Spirit will point something out in your life right now. And so let's don't respond like me and like Moses. Let's respond like Jesus would want to respond. Yes, Lord. Maybe like a Naziah. Yeah, God, I'm not worthy, but I'm willing to be touched on the lips with a call, so my sins are taken away. And then he goes, here I am, Lord, choose me. And so God's looking for vessels that are ready and willing. He's not looking for perfect vessels. He's looking for young men and women. They're going, here I am, God, in my frailty, in my... I want to close that gap. Not because of what I can do, but because of what you've done for me. I'm willing. That's all he's asking, you know. And so I want us to draw to a close very quickly. Um... In Moses' response, God throws him a lifeline. So he's going, Who am I? They're not gonna to listen to me. Why am I? I can't do this. I can't speak. And he carries on, and he makes all these excuses. And God throws him a lifeline. And I believe that God threw me a lifeline today, and I think he wants to throw you a lifeline as well if you're in this moment. And he, he asks one simple question to Moses. And he says, Moses, what's in your hand? Probably the most important question that God asked Moses in all of this. What's in your hand, Moses? I've just shown you my holiness, my glory, my awesomeness. I've shown you. What's in your hand? And I'm, I'm sure Moses is standing there because he's looking after his sheep, and the sheep are running around somewhere pretty, pretty close probably. The burning bush is going. God's speaking to him. His sandals are off. He's just realized he's messed up probably. And he looks at his hand, and there's a staff, a piece of wood. <laughs> And he says, he says, um, what's in your hand? He says, it's a staff. And he throws this lifeline. And then he does something amazing to Moses. Let me read it to us quickly, just so you guys can follow me. Then the Lord said to him, well, throw it on the ground. He says, what's in your what's in your hand? A staff. He says, throw it on the ground. It's this weird thing that God does. Throw it on the ground. And he threw it on the ground and it became... And it became a snake, and he ran from it. So you know what I think God was trying to do here? I I, I think he was trying to model dying to live in the Old Testament, just like it is in the New Testament. You know when Jesus said, unless a kernel of wheat falls to the ground and dies, it can't produce much fruit? I think this is an Old Testament version of that. So he's going, Moses, what's in your hand? It's a staff, okay? So think about it. He's a shepherd. So the staff represents probably three things. It's his identity, it's his influence, and it's his income. Think about it. Hmm. You're a shepherd, right? I want to use you as a shepherd. You've got a stick in your hand. Okay? It's your identity. You're a shepherd. It's your influence. You have influence on these sheep and in this, in this place. You're looking after them. You're protecting them. You're feeding them. You're leading them to water. It's, it's, who, it's your influence. But it's also your income without sheep. Moses wouldn't be able to live. You know what God's actually saying? Moses, I want all of you. I just don't want a little bit of you. I just don't want your influence. Or I just don't want your, your, your income. Or I don't want your identity. I actually want you, Moses. <laughs> Thank you. Well, one person's excited. He's going, Moses, I want you. What's in your hand? It's your identity, your influence, your income. Now throw it down on the ground. And it's very scary. To throw everything that you are at the feet of the living God. It is. For me to come to God and say, here I am God. Everything. That means everything. It means heart, mind, soul, spirit, wants, dreams, desires. Ha! Everything. It's scary. Like, like we always say in Joshua, time, any place, anywhere. You know how scary that is? But exciting at the same time. (laughs) Because God can move then. He's going, throw it down. And it turns into a snake and he runs from it. Because it's scary. And then he says, reach out and take it by the tail. And so Moses reaches out and he took the snake and it turned back into the staff in his hand. And then, I don't have time now because we want to try to keep it really... Awesome for the little ones in there. But think about the rest of the story. And we'll go into it a little bit more depth. That staff changed the game. From that moment, the plagues came because of the staff. (laughs) The staff defeated pharaohs, sorcerers, and magicians. The staff brought thunder and hail and whatever it was, the plagues down. The staff was the thing that parted the Red Sea. See, it wasn't Moses doing it. It was God's holiness around Moses and in Moses that did it. So he just needed to realize it's not about me; it's about you, God. <laughs> it's so cool. It's such a cool story. And I think in, in, the, day, in the day and age that, that we live, it, it's just there's so much of us in the way we live. The world's voice is so strong into the church and into our lives. And I'm really trusting in the Lord tonight that in this moment, when we're going to worship in the next while, that you and the Lord will have this amazing moment where through the Word and through worship and just His Holy Spirit and that there will be this moment, this divine moment, this holy moment where He goes, Bruce, what's in your hand? And then as he shows what breezes in our God, I'm gonna throw it down at you and I'm just do whatever you want me to do with me. Or Monet or Struan Ben Wayne Aiden. I'm gonna go through every one of us. But instead of responding like I did this morning, don't respond like that. Respond like in God, I want to be holy because you are holy. Makes sense? It was actually a lot deeper than I thought. Sorry, guys. I hadn't practiced before. Normally, I practiced it. and then I just told all the press. But we're feeling like there's a moment. You want to live here. like just, It is a long weekend, and we do want to have fun. But there's just, God is doing so many amazing things in us. And so God breaks into Moses' ordinary day life. He gives him a holy moment. And actually, the history of a whole nation is shifted, if you think about it where he was once just, his identity was a shepherd over sheep, now he's a shepherd over a nation. His his income was just in million, and now his income is, you'll have nations above nations above nations, and many people come to know me as Lord and Savior. Yeah, his influence was very small, and then it was worldwide and for eternity. It's just crazy how God just takes a little shepherd and makes him something that he isn't. And so, just as Moses broke into—oh, God broke into Moses' ordinary day life. One Peter 1.15, but just as he who has called you is holy, so be holy in all you do. It's a call for us. For it is written, "Be holy, because I am holy." And remember when we spoke about breaking the cycles? Grace is the ability given by God to say no to the unrighteous thing. So, as we come to worship now, we got to step into and ask God for grace. give me grace in this thing. You <laughs> can come so long, dear. Give me grace in this moment. It's the ability to say no to what is not godly or to what is yeah and say yes to what is godly. And so could I ask you I, I, I mean, I, can we ask can the worship just be like chill the mellow like just deep? amazing. Because it would be, it would really not do well if we just go into like a crazy woohoo song. Um, and as it does it, you don't have to have words. You don't have to have many words. Just, can I ask? Just, I want to pray now. If that's you, just open your heart to the Lord. I'm going to worship. Oh, sorry, I didn't get your... Come speak. Sorry, is that what you wanted to say? Yeah. Okay, Petrus, come. Sorry, but I was like, "Come."
1: While Brett was busy preaching, I feel the punishment from God by closing my ears. What you preach, but he opened my eyes, and. So in a way that I couldn't hear what you were saying, but I could read what you were saying. And I followed by the reading in the way that, um, well, it started actually a couple of months ago. Um, On my way down, uh, someone prayed for us, and they said, God, God will open double doors for us. I'm going to make it short. Um, Wednesday I received the good news before that God also showed me in a picture in a dream that your doors have been opened I started next month by a new company and I refuses to stand up and God punished me now to close my ears not to listen what he was saying So, I feel guilty about it. You open my eyes. Um, Dennis, you open my eyes. I'm very glad to be in this church. I'm feeling part of the family. And God punished me now for a few days. And I want to give my life to him. Thank you. Oh.
0: God is amazing, eh? Oh. I'm going to just pray for us and then we're going to just go into the, just a time of song and reflection. Um,. Uh, Father thank you for these moments Lord thank you that on a long weekend Lord we can come like this to worship together to bring our lives before you God thank you Lord that you want to close the gap between you and us and I believe daily Father thank you that you are holy in every way thank you that you desire that we become holy as you are holy, Lord. And I want to pray for every single one of us, from the from the the youngest to the oldest. It doesn't matter if we're Afrikaans or English, black, white, fat thin. it doesn't matter, Lord God. I really we want to ask that your Holy Spirit comes and just settles on every single one of us in this place tonight. That you will do something in us, or so that you'll shift us from the inside out. Lord that you'll make us more like your son in this moment so that when we walk around tomorrow we'll be different. Lord that we won't just play church Lord that we'll be the church that you call us to be. Lord that there'll be rejoicing and life. <laughs> that there'll be excitement and joy that there'll be moments of just absolute terror <laughs> but at the same time just That expressible peace that transcends all understanding, as your word says. But Lord, we're so aware that only you can do that in us. So where you sit now, just between you and the Lord, just, God, I'm here. Thank you for speaking through the word. Lord, speak to me by your Spirit as well. Confirming things. We want to ask that this will be a holy moment of transformation. And I want to pray for us too, Lord, with our identities, our income, our influence, Lord. the, 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 the people that you've called us to be Lord I know that everyone is different here you've gifted differently different personalities different experiences different upbringings different we, I know we're different God but they, you want all of us that's the, Lord you want all of us Lord that you will just soften our hearts to that tonight that we'll find joy and life in throwing it at your feet I love you Lord Love you, Lord. Love what you're doing, God. So we can just go into a few songs. You're welcome to stay seated. You're welcome to stand. You're welcome to come to the front if you want. Just a few moments and then just see what the Lord says after that.